Welcome to another Top of the Table interview. Join us as we hear stories and advice from MDRT Top of the Table qualifiers. Welcome to Top of the Table. I'm Sandy Chassel. The work that I do is finding and sharing what gets someone to the top in this profession, top of the table, top advisor, top agency, and so on. Sharing with me today is someone who is at the top, Todd Vaillon, a seven-time top of the table member whose company, Capital Planning Associates, based in Ville Platte, Louisiana, has a unique business model. His entire team is comprised of family members. His wife, Vicki, is the receptionist and bookkeeper. His oldest daughter, Amy, is the office manager and his assistant, as well as a licensed agent. She's married to their in-house CPA, Josh. His second daughter, Jessica, handles the agency's marketing, and his son, Marcus, is also a licensed agent and also assists him. Todd founded Capital Planning in 1989. His work is focused on strategies that go beyond getting a client a good rate of return, but takes a more holistic approach. Welcome, Todd. Uh, I'm pleased to hey, have you with me today. And I actually do it. I'm honored to have you with me. You, you made top of the table seven out of the eight past years. Uh, and that's an accomplishment that the people who are listening to this program want to learn about. Like, how does this guy do it? But, but let's start with, with a little history. I'm curious how someone decides uh, to get into this profession in the first place. How did it happen to, for you? Well, originally I wanted to be an attorney. Uh, so we have a lot in common with that, except that you did it for longer than I did because I didn't finish the first semester. But uh, well, you were smarter than I was. <laughs> but what actually is, uh, I finished uh, school. I took a lot of history, sociology, psychology, and it's funny how you just never know how those things will come into play later. I think God has a plan uh, because with the intention of uh, going to law school, which I did for a very brief period, I realized that wasn't my calling. As I say, I was probably going to go work for the other side, help people to protect their assets from them. Okay. <laughs> and I've got a lot of good friends that are attorneys. So, you know, uh, but anyhow, so I went to work. My first job I got was as a, a field underwriter. And what that really was, was a loss control uh, person for a, a property casualty company. Okay. And uh, I didn't know anything about insurance at the time. So I learned it and I worked for this company. Great job, company car and all. Uh, but I got to associate and work with people who were multi-line agents. They were doing estate planning, life insurance, as well as property casualty. So they were doing the whole gamut. And uh, I could see myself doing that. I was intrigued by it. Uh, now, what added uh, fuel to the fire to, to go in that direction was uh, I wasn't making a whole lot of money. And I, and I can remember saying I had great hours. I got a company car, but I don't have enough money to go fishing when I am off. Okay. <laughs> So I'll never forget one night, uh, my wife and I talking, I said, I, th I think I can go into uh, sales. I think that's something I could do. She says, Todd, she said, you know, you have a great secure job. She says, you know, I'm kind of concerned. What do you do? Sell all your friends and then you'll be out of business. <laughs> I said, no, it doesn't work like that. I've worked with a lot of people to see how this business works. I think I can do it. So uh, Vicki and I, of course, we had no savings. I was 29. She was 26. And uh, we borrowed three months of income. She was working as a legal secretary. And uh, I left my job and we went all in. And uh, first we started multi-lines. You know, we did that. And uh, it was it was going along pretty good. And then I'd say around uh, 
around the end of the 80s, we, we changed direction and we basically went into uh, financial planning. Okay. And so we just kind of put ourselves totally into that and uh, did everything we thought we needed to do. Uh, I wanted to be the top, you know, always been competitive. So I went and became a chartered financial consultant, you know, got my designations, you know, and all that. Uh, we taught as hard as we could traditional planning. And we did that for about 10 years until about, oh, I guess around, uh, I guess around uh, 89, up, up into 90. Then everything, when you got to 2000, you know what happened, 2000 and on, the lost decade, right? Yeah. What, comes, what goes up comes down. That's when we really got what I call the stress test. And we saw the traditional financial planning left a lot to be desired. I, I use Joe as a poster child. Uh, names fictitious, of course, but typical guy with the people we work with retires from the plant, you know, has over a million figures. He can pull 40, 50,000 out a year to live and the market turns. So all of a sudden within a short period of time, Joe's got 650 to 700,000. He's devastated as we were. Okay. Yeah. So I really, really was just disenchanted and realized that when the stress came, traditional planning doesn't really cut it. I started looking. Cause I'm a looker. My wife will tell you, I'm always looking. You know, my, my son says I'm like a linebacker when I drive. He says, I don't know how you keep your head on. You're always looking at stuff, you know, <laughs> but I was looking and, and being a looker, I was looking for a safer way for myself and for my clients because we were just frustrated. It doesn't always work out when there's an overemphasis in the, in the market, we believe. And so, but we found more than just a safer way forward. We found a more tax efficient way and a more liquid way that made sense in the real world, you know, and able to have money when you needed it and so forth, okay? And we developed our system called HELP, is an acronym for Holistic Economic Life Planning, more than just retirement planning. And that's been our focus ever since. Now, I think uh, we made quantum leaps when uh, my, my kids got older and came on board because as a team, we're a lot better, you know? So that's one of the things that I learned, you know? Better together. It's not unusual to have a family member, but you pretty much got the whole family involved, in, including a son-in-law. It sounds like you, there was a point where you made the MDRT. Was it on your radar at all to do that, or um, was it something that just happened as your business grew? It really is just something that happened, and I'll tell you why. I'm, I'm a very uh, simple person. I like to say, uh, I like to keep it short and simple, just like me. And, uh, <laughs> I'm five, six, you know, uh, but, uh, my focus has always been on, on the activity. And if you do, if you do the activity, the results will take care of themselves. Now I'm not very good at keeping numbers except for the numbers of how many people I, I talk to on a regular basis. Okay. And then I felt the rest took care of itself. And so I think that MDRT, along with top of the table was an afterthought. It was icing on the cake from doing the right things on a regular basis. You know, I think it's uh, like, uh, I'll probably butcher the quote, but Aristotle said something to the effect that uh, excellence uh, is, we are what we habitually do something to that point. I, I totally destroyed it, but it says excellence <laughs> is, is, is a habit, not so much as a virtue. It's what you do every day is what you become. And I think discipline is the key to anything that, uh, that we do successfully. So I was very adamant about making 25 calls a day uh, to, to individuals to set appointments, and I knew that the numbers would work out for themselves. Okay, I used a, a, a version of the one card system, you know, that Al Granham has. You know, yeah. you, you, you call three people, you get 10 people, you get three appointments, you make a sale. 
you know? Yeah. yeah. So I did that diligently and that's all I worried about. And the rest sort of took care of itself. You know? Yeah, that, you know, that's so interesting because one of the things you said is my wife said, what are you going to call the whole family and, and then be out of business? Who were you calling? Well, what I did was, again, I went through, I used a one card system. So I started with friends and family and observation. In other words, if I saw somebody, I talked to somebody, I was very diligent about, and here's, here's how I, I think the mission that I had was that, I felt like I had something to offer. I've always tried to look at it as if there's a financial cancer out there. And if you know, and you have the cure, you, you have an obligation to share it. And a lot of people out there believe just they weren't getting all the information. So I was almost like a man on a mission. I want to share my story with you. Okay. You know, most people are focused on uh, rates of return and they're losing all kinds of money to things like taxes and interest rate to banks and things that aren't done right. You know, and, like the circle of wealth says, if we can identify twenty, thirty thousand dollars that you're losing, would you want it back? <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's what we have in common with a lot of other uh, top producers is that it's more than rate of return. In other words, it has to be addressed with. It's not just what a business grosses or a family makes. It's how much they keep and how much they can cut their exposure to unnecessary uh, losses. You know. There are people who don't know the one card system, but one of the things that comes to my mind is uh, I'm calling 25 people a day. Uh, where am I getting these people from? Are they, are they purchased leads? Are they people that you network with? Uh, how, how do you get them? I'll tell you exactly how I did it. And, and it was simply this straightforward, and I'll call it just straightforward blue collar. Okay. A call on a person on you. That's, you know, friends, we all have friends, hopefully. Yeah. And so I would meet with my friends and I would explain to them the, the process of what we're trying to do, holistic planning. So the first step was to gather their information so we could see where the opportunity was within their own situation. Okay. Everybody's situation is unique. So we gathered the financial uh, information at the end of that financial questionnaire. I would simply straightforward say this last section is for two purposes. Uh, number one, I want to get some information on uh, your family, you know, for, for planning purposes. And secondarily, there may be people in here that would want to hear our story. Okay. So right then and there, before they were even a client, I would ask, I would immediately go into, are your parents still alive? Okay. Yep. Mom, dad, you have brothers and sisters. Okay. You know, and so we'd get all of that. And then, you know, uh, on both sides, husband and wife. Okay. And then we would ask him, you know, what do you think about, you think Joe might be interested in, you know, so right then and there I was doing this. Now I've never done business with these people yet. Okay. And I said, uh, would you be comfortable if we uh, reached out to him to share our story with them? Cause that's really what it was always out. We want to share our story with you, what we've done as a family and how it's made a difference for us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and a lot of times they would say, sure. You know, so we'd simply get their cell phone number and we'd call them. We'd put them into our, our prospecting system, stay in touch. What's interesting is that some of my very best clients who've become dear friends over these years were referred to me by people that we've never done business with. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's just the way it is. Now, some of those people became clients years later because we stayed in touch with them, you know, but timing is everything. So we always like to say that we were just, we believed in being pleasantly persistent. You know? <laughs> 
What do you say to the advisor who says, oh, I'm not comfortable uh, talking with friends and family and, and, and then asking them for referrals before I even do business with them? What do you say to those people? I, I would say that they don't believe enough in what they're doing. They're not convicted because honestly, if tomorrow I figured out that peanut butter and jelly and cinnamon in the right combinations cured cancer, would I keep it to myself or would I feel an obligation that I've got to share this information? Okay. Now, not everybody wants to know they have cancer, right? But that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to offer them the information because it's, I'm not, I'm helping them a lot more than they could ever help me. Now, if you feel that conviction, then the rest just goes off your back. Like, you know, it's not important. Yeah. And that's how I always looked at it. If our mission was that we could help just, one, two, three, four families and change their lives. It was worth all the rejection we got and, and, and the ridicule, you know, about being persistent in what we believe. So, you know, first off, buy into what you're doing is what I would tell young agents. You know, first of all, practice what you preach, you know, and I, I'm a big believer of that. And, and uh, I, could, I share with people how I have my own finances set up. I'm like an open book, you know, so that's, I think it's the conviction that, that helps you to go forward, knowing that you're doing good for people. Yeah, you, and you tell your story. Would you mind sharing the story? No, no. Um, in reference to well, when when you're sitting with someone, uh, you said I tell my story. Oh yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Well, what I what I share with them is that, as I said earlier, I realized that around the year you know 2000 and on, when I saw the markets get stressed, that there was a problem. And so when I started investigating, I realized that what was happening was we we the world had changed. People used to understand how insurance and investments and pensions and annuities all integrated. Okay. And there was a, a math and a science behind the approach and it made sense. Well, Wall Street got greedy. Uncle Sam got greedy and all the other, as I call it, uh, individuals out there. And so now traditional financial planning, in my opinion, is skewed towards too much money in the market too much money on tax deferral that would be taxed later. There's a lot of big issues. So simply when I realized that I retooled my own program. Okay. And I personally have a lot of money in uh, cash value life insurance for the tax benefits and the, the banking and the liquidity purposes for my family into the next generation. Uh, it's helped me to acquire more real estate, which is a, a non, another uh, non-traditional asset as opposed to just stocks and bonds. Okay. We do stocks and bonds. We, you know, we do assets under management, but it's only a piece of the puzzle. So the story I share with him is that I have a lot more, uh, so to speak, bulletproof plan. Okay. Because I'm going to pay less taxes. I have less market risk. I have less lawsuit risk. I have access to money with a, actually I can buzz Amy and say, send me 50,000. Boom. Money's coming. Yeah. You know, so I try to teach people to build their own banking system for their families and build a plan that makes sense now and through the future, not just retirement, you know, cause retirement, some people never make the trip. They don't even get there. You got to live along the way too. So traditional planning doesn't do that. The way that it's evolved is, is not holistic in my opinion. So we build simpler, safer plans. And, and I share with them exactly how much uh, I put into life insurance, how much real estate that I own. Cause I do have rental properties and so forth. Uh, and I don't put money into plans unless they're matched into 401ks and so forth. So I have some philosophies that we live as a family and we share that with 
other individuals. Now, not everybody believes what we believe, but we've learned to not waste time with others that, quite frankly, have a different viewpoint. It's just not worth it. We can only help those we can help. You know. Can I ask you if you still call 25 people a day? I did up until last year, okay? And, th and this is what we've done. We're building now for the next 30 years, I like to say, okay? I'm 59, and I guess it's, it's a pivotal time for me. It seems like it just uh, I'm retooling our team. And I am now going to uh, be one to many. I'm doing, I began already to talk to groups of individuals and do more workshops, which I never did years past. I was, like I said, that blue collar person. Uh, and we're focused on really taking care of our clients. Now, granted, we have several thousand clients. Okay. We've been doing this 30 years, you know, together. And so we, that's another thing that I would always recommend. We, believe in annual reviews, if not biannual reviews with our clients. And each and every time we do those reviews, we, we meet with them as if it was the first time. We regather their facts, we look at things as if there's opportunity there for them we need to find. And we also ask for referrals, you see? So now, just simply by, by uh, taking care of those people, reviewing them more than most people review their clients and actively trying to spread the, uh, the, you know, the news about there's a better way and helping people to share that story, it, it drives our business. Now, I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they don't focus on the goal uh, in their backyard, which is the relationships that they have if they've been in business for 10, 15, 20 years. You know, that's my opinion. Yeah, so, so anyway, I'm, I'm becoming more of the uh, one-to-many Whereas my uh, partners, uh, my son and, and daughters are uh, actually doing more of the fact finding and meeting with the people and so forth. I'm, I'm there and I'm helping build the cases and depending on who they, where, where they need me, but we're doing this together. So we're transitioning. Yeah, that seems to work for you too. At some point, pretty much right after you made that, uh, you had that revelation uh, in the early 2000s, you went into top of the table level. Did yeah. it happen gradually or was there some shift in what you did that got you there? There was a shift and, and I'll tell you exactly what it was. Uh, I would say in around uh, 98, uh, I, went, I realized that I, I wanted to learn more. And so I got involved in a system called LEAP, Lifetime Economic Acceleration Program. You're familiar with it, LEAP. Yes. Uh, also, uh, went into circle of wealth, which is very similar program, uh, infinite banking. I was just uh, hungry to, to learn from different angles, different perspectives. And, and what I, what I realized is that, uh, I wasn't really integrating, uh, annuities with life insurance. You know, I, I began to realize that when you work for somebody to build a very efficient plan, it's not a matter of the market's better than annuities or annuities are better than life or blah, blah, blah. They're all just ingredients in a gumbo, so to speak. Okay. <laughs> Take a little bit from my background, right? Make it local. Yeah. <laughs> and as a Cajun guy, we all pretty good cooks. Okay. Uh -huh. And you know, you, and everybody's situation is different and everybody's different tastes, but basically, you know, red pepper is an important ingredient in a gumbo. However, 
if all you have is red pepper and roux, you're not going to have a very good gumbo, right? It's, right. It's, the, it's the integration and coordination of all these elements, okay? Today, in the financial world today, the biggest problem, the biggest issue we have is that people are not understanding that they're bad-mouthing one tool against the other as, as uh, better than this and that, and that's a terrible argument. It's like, is the hammer better than the saw? <laughs> Can I even build a house with just one tool? If you want to do financial architecture, you have to know all of these tools, including social security and how it works and how it integrates with everything else. We work to build people a safer plan that is closer to zero taxes. Okay. So that takes an understanding of, I guess you could call the financial recipe or cooking behind all of it, proper ingredients. Everybody's situation is different. So when they come in, they know. We're looking at this based on everything you teach us about you, the psychology of it. You know? Yeah, I love the idea of financial gumbo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it makes <clears throat> perfect sense. I talked with Pinder, uh, who talked about financial architecture. So that's, right. a, that's, a, nice, that's a wonderful analogy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so that's a nice picture for you to paint. Is there something that you have to do to ensure you reach that level every year, or is it just a natural outgrowth of the way the business has grown? You know, I really don't care if I reach that level. That's I know great. that sounds kind of crazy, but the truth right. is it was never the intention. It came as an afterthought. It just happened. And quite honestly, as we go forward, it may not even happen every year because I'm, I'm, I'm working with a lot of other people and helping my team to get to those levels. And uh, for us, we try to measure our success and keep our vision on how many people we can help. And uh, I know that sounds uh, maybe corny, but the fact is that mission is what drives us. Yeah. If we can, at the end of the day, feel like, you know, we've done more good than bad over our lifetime. Okay. Yeah. If we were able to help, if we, if I do a workshop and I like to begin with a prayer and then I say, you know, here's our prayer. It's simple. We hope that everybody in here tonight gets at least one thing that'll help their family now and into the next generation period. If one family benefits from that workshop, it was worth it. Okay. Because let's be real. If this business is tough, you're going to get a lot of people who disagree with you. They don't believe in your philosophies. You know, it's, it's a lonely business. But you got to keep to the point that you know that what you're doing is good and right. And no matter what happens, you, you owe it to show it. If you know it, you owe it to show it. That's how we feel about it, you know. <laughs> great, great slogan. Yeah. Uh, you started Multiline, and you still show property and casualty as one of the things you do. Do, do you do property and casualty for people? Not at all. I still have a license. We, we've contemplated possibly uh, if we could get a partner to go in to do it, because again, that's an opportunity of losses that we could help people with, uh, but we don't. I just still have the license and we talk about it. We help people with it. Uh, what I found is built our practice really, uh, Sandy, is that there's no limit to what we'll do to assist the client. We're helping a lot of people with their elder parents now with the Medicaid planning. And we've if there's one thing I can tell you is that you need to uh, associate and partner with people who have different skill sets. We've built our whole premise on the fact that we all have unique God-given talents. Okay. We're all genius in some area and very deficient in others. Okay. Uh -huh. So I've always tried to, to a fault, do what I do best and delegate the rest. 
Okay, and and we're all doing that. So as a team, Amy's got skill sets, and Marcus has some, and and it's very it's funny. We laugh about it all the time because really, in some cases, I'm really terrible. You know, they know that, but I'm really pretty good in some other areas. You know, but we're better together. And and in fact, you, you mentioned I had, I had wrote a, a little book on the Possum Ugly. It's a it's a children's book, but in it there was three things I wanted. I wrote it primarily for my grandkids. Okay, and it's on Amazon, but it's Possum Ugly. The reasons I wrote was number one, I'm hoping that down the road they'll remember me, okay? And I wanted to pass on some lessons that have helped me and our family. We look at ourselves as a tribe. You know, we always kind of work together on everything. We play together, work together. But in that book, it's about that everybody has their unique God-given talent. In the case of Possum Ugly, he's very ugly. Now, most people would think that's a, a bad thing, but in his case, as you read the book, you'll see it, it works out. Now, Working together, the book addresses that they all have different skill sets that God gave them, but the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Together, they're awesome. Individually, yeah, meh, they're okay, you know? Yeah. So that's what the book's about. So it's teamwork. And that's kind of like how we see our practice. When you work with us, you get all of us. There's no superstars on this team. We're just a blue-collar team of people that – working on a holistic plan for each and every individual client. Yeah, I love that. It, it sounds so good. So if you had to do it all over again, would you do anything differently than you did? Yeah, I would. Uh, number one, I would get into public speaking sooner. I would do more, you know, workshops, public things, uh, maybe radio shows. Uh, I just should have done that a lot sooner, you know, and I find now that I really enjoy it. But in the beginning, I avoided it like the plague. You know, uh, I was just head down, go to work. I didn't even join everything like the Lions Club and all that. I just wasn't that person. I, I really didn't fit the mold. That's another thing I tell young people. Don't worry about the mold. Don't worry about the aptitude test. Nothing can determine the size of your heart and your conviction. Okay? Because I've seen a lot of perfect people not make it, and I've seen people that never should have been able to do it. Okay? Yeah. And they accomplish it. Now, I'll give you an interesting side note. The little town we're from, of course, we're from Ville Platte because most people that are here are from here, okay? Uh, there's not a whole lot here. We've just been recently uh, picked as the poorest town in the state of Louisiana. Now, if we can do it, anybody can do it. You know, so, so my word to other people out there is, my God. Now, look, granted, our clients are all over South Louisiana. They're not just in the little town we're from, but... It's, it's just, it's not, it's going to be the conviction you have and the discipline you have that's going to be whether you get to the top or not, okay? I also want to mention that don't let your pride get in the way. Partner with people. Work with other people. Do joint work with other people. We always have. We've done tremendous work with other people. We've also been on both sides of it where I was working with somebody that knew something I didn't, and I'm working with a lot of individuals that I'm helping, you know? But that's always been... A tremendous thing, you know, so teamwork, working with other people, work the plan, stick to the discipline. You've got to see the people, you know, that, that's what works for us. I love it. My last question was going to be, hey, if I'm someone who just qualified for MDRT, do you have any tips for me? And you just unloaded <laughs> half a dozen tips. Well, so. I'll, I'll give you credit for that. <laughs> I, 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 I read questions and I listened to interviews that you had. You know, and, and, I, and I'll tell you the truth, I, and I've read all your books, and, and I'm going to share with you 
that I've uh, used a lot from your books. For example, one of the things you had, you got from Dolly Parton. Yeah, okay? that's right. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell you how many times when I, I've spoke uh, recently, because I've began to speak, uh, that I've used that, you know, that to figure out who you are and do it on purpose. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. You don't want, you don't want to try to be anybody else. Okay. Because you, there's no one like you, like, like possibly like the book, but you've got to be the best version of yourself. Okay. And we want to, we want people to be the best financial version of themselves. That's our goal. You know, it's different for every client, but, uh, I think that's the key too. If I, it's a new person, I would say, first of all, be who you are. Don't try to mimic others, work with others, but make, but put your own flavor on it. Okay. Do something you're passionate about. If you don't believe in what you're doing, for God's sakes, don't teach it, you know, <laughs> develop your own financial plan and then go and show people why, what you do, why you do it and how it works. And we say that often. Let me just share with you what we do, why we do it. Okay. And how it works. And if it makes sense to you, we'll help you do it too. You know? Yeah. That's beautiful. I can't thank you enough, Todd. This was all oh, the pleasure is all mine, Sandy. I mean, I, this was, this was an honor for you to offer this to me. Yeah, well, I, it's appreciated. I know people listening to this are going to say, you know, I heard that somewhere before, but this is a top guy who does it. So uh, that's, that's uh, to me, that's great stuff. And, and thank you. Well, all thanks to God, too, I want to tell you, because we're an example of a miracle. We never should have made it. <laughs> <laughs> Says you, but I, I can see easily why you did. But, but thank you again. Thanks, Sandy. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you want to talk with me about your journey to the top of the table, contact me at sandychassell.com slash conversation. I'll see you at the top.